All right, everyone, welcome to 30. Well, let me start that one over. <laughs> welcome to 38 of the podcast, dude. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 38 of the podcast, dude. I've got a special guest for you guys today, Mr. Glenn Lebowitz. How are you doing today, sir? Aaron, I'm doing fantastic. I have to tell you, I am so honored to be here with you and everyone listening. So thank you so much. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You do a fantastic podcast and blog called Right With Impact. And you are also, you've recently been named, well, I don't know how recently, but I'm pretty sure it was recently, been named one of LinkedIn LinkedIn's top bloggers, top voices, I think is what they call it. Yeah, that's right. No, they uh, told me about it uh, last uh, in December, and I was really quite pleasantly surprised. They picked 90 uh, bloggers out of the million people that publish on LinkedIn and they crunched the numbers. They actually hired a, a PhD to crunch the numbers, and uh, they told me I came out on top. So, no, that was really nice. Well, congratulations, man. So I, I wanted to have you on the show because I, I'm a fan of your podcast, and you, you do a lot of great writing about writing, t- teaching people, showing people how to be better writers, and I've learned a lot. So I wanted to have you on the show, not just this episode, but I said, Glenn, because I sent you an email, if I remember correctly, and I said, what do you, I'd love to have you on the show. I'd love, love to have you talk about writing. And you, you threw back a couple of topic ideas at me. And I was like, Glenn, that's, that's way too much for a single podcast episode. We got to do three. So we're doing three episodes. I know. I, could, I couldn't believe it when you came back to me and said, let's do three episodes. I'm like, what? You know, I, you know because of the time <laughs> difference, I'm, I'm like 14 hours ahead of you here in Taipei, Taiwan. And I often, you know, check my email and, you know, write emails to you and others, uh, you know, late at night. I'm like, I sat up. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> this guy, this podcast <laughs> dude, is wants three hours of my time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a busy guy. But so, but but Aaron, let me let me stop you just for a second. First of all, I just want to tell you that you know I think mm. you have an amazing podcast, and it's definitely my favorite podcast about podcasting, and I recommend it to everyone, everyone who wants to know you know how to plan, produce, and market a really good podcast. Well, thank you, sir. I, I appreciate that. Yep. So we're going to do three episodes for people. And the first episode, this is this is 38, we're going to do your top five writing tips for podcasters. And you told me before the show that they're not just tips for podcasters, they're almost more general writing tips. And I said, that's fantastic because every podcaster should, I think every podcaster should work on writing, work on becoming a better writer. And then the next episode, we're going to teach people how to turn a podcast interview into a story storify your podcast interview if you like and then episode 40 the third of the three-part series is going to be a guide to linkedin publishing for podcasters so i'm really really excited about all these i think i think people are going to learn a lot i know i'm going to learn a lot no that's right that's great that sounds like uh the plan and i'm really excited about it also so the first one will be we'll just talk about some of uh you know my general uh you know writing strategies and tips Excellent, excellent. And so we got a question, Simon in the chat, in the Sean West community chat, he had asked, who is Glenn Leibowitz? So I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself just a little bit more, but let's go ahead and play the intro music because that's the thing I got to do. That's that's how this show goes. You know how it goes. Thanks for coming on the show today, man. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I think I've, I've I got to stop saying I'm excited, but I'm excited. Glenn. <laughs> I'm really excited. That's okay. Welcome to episode 38 of the podcast, dude, everyone.
All right, everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining me and Glenn today. Mr. Glenn, the, the listeners want to know a little bit more about you. Could you could you tell the listeners about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'd like to do that. Well, first of all, um, you know, it's, it's a great honor to be here uh, with uh, you, Aaron, the podcast dude. You definitely have the best podcast on podcasting out there. So um, this is just a, an amazing honor. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. You're, you're making me blush, man. <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm Glenn Leibowitz. I lead the communications uh, department for a management consulting firm. It's a global firm. And I'm based in Taipei, Taiwan, but I cover China, mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. And uh, I've been living out here and working out here for a very long time, about 25 years, believe it or not. I'm actually originally from South Florida. and I'm a native Floridian, and I went to school in the Northeast. But I live with my wife and my uh, two kids. I have a teenage son and my daughter just turned 10. But at work, you know, I've been writing and editing for, gosh, I don't know, 17 years. I think I've start, I've lost count. Um, and, you know, most of that, all of that has been, you know, for my company. So I do handle all of their publications and I won't go into too much detail on that. But a couple of years ago, I decided, hey, you know, I wanted to write, uh, I wanted to start a blog and I wanted to start writing under my own name. And that's what I started to do. And at the same time, uh, I started to publish my posts on LinkedIn. LinkedIn opened up their platform to, you know, all of their members at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I started to write about a whole bunch of topics, you know, things that I felt that I I knew something about and I was kind of passionate about, a little bit of professional and personal development. I I wrote about technology, social media, and I also wrote about writing. And two years, almost two years later, um, this is in December, a couple months ago, LinkedIn named me one of their 90 top voices. This is the first time they did a, a ranking of their bloggers. And they, they, they say they have about 130, 150,000 blog posts are published every week on LinkedIn. And about a million people publish on LinkedIn. And so they picked 90 of us and they named me one of their top voices. So that was kind of a, kind of a nice uh, bit of recognition and, uh, and then last year, last April, I launched my podcast, Write With Impact, which features interviews with authors of uh, nonfiction and fiction. I, I interview bloggers and, you know, authors of books and uh, content marketers. And I try to get them to pick apart their secrets, you know, and share some of their secrets and strategies uh, as writers mm-hmm. with my audience. So, and that's over at writewithimpact.com. And uh, so today... I'm going to talk to you about uh, some of my writing tips. Fantastic, man. Yeah, and, and I will say to the listeners, I'm, I'm a listener of Write With Impact, and I picked up a lot of great tips. So definitely, definitely go check that out. Glenn, I got to ask you, do you, okay, so how, how would you like to do this? Do you want to share all the tips in, in like an outline form up front, just list them out and then dive in? Or do you just want to tackle them one at a time and, you know, maybe leave some uh, sus- suspense for the audience? <laughs> yeah, let's let's tackle them one at a time and you know, feel free to cut me off and jump in and uh, ask questions <laughs> well, I'll try not to. in between or, you know, whatever you want to do, just cut me off at any time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, and, and I will tell the listeners that this, uh, these tips that you prepared, you didn't show me these, so I'm, I'm super excited to hear them. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Sure. And, you know, I would say that, I mean, obviously there's just so much to learn about writing and, and really ultimately the best advice <laughs> that, the writers tell me that I talk to, they just say, you just got to write. And so ultimately, that's, that's what it boils down to. You just got to practice. But you know, obviously, that's, that's not gonna, I'm not going to leave you with that. I do have a few, a few pointers here that I've, I've sort of jotted down and I'll, I'll share with you. But 
there's obviously a lot more to it uh, than this, but but let's get started. All right. So what's up first? So uh, number one, write to an audience of one. Mm. So this is about knowing who you're talking to. And you can visualize your reader if you can. And if you can't, that's fine. But you need to try to write as if you're writing to one person. And one piece of advice that one of my guests told me, which I thought made a lot of sense, and I've seen this elsewhere, is that you can pretend that you're writing an email or a letter to a friend or a relative even. And that's a good way to break through you know, some of the inhibitions that you might feel when you're trying to put words down on the page for the first time. So I think it's partly a mindset thing. You know, people get kind of, they kind of lock up. Look, I admit that I, I do too. When I see a blank screen, I kind of lock up. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the heck am I going to put down on this, on this screen? You know, what am I going to start to say? I think too much. I worry too much. So, you know, one way is to just to, you know, not worry about that. Just try to think as if, you know, you're writing to, you know, someone you care about, a friend or, or maybe, you know, maybe your mother or your grandmother. And hopefully that'll sort of help you break through that initial block. I agree. And and I actually, I tell people, I really like that approach as well for, for podcasting. Because in podcasting, speaking to your audience like you're talking directly to another person really, really engages the audience the audience member and makes them feel like they're a part of your show. So that's really great. Exactly, exactly. And then the, the next thing is, uh, you know, write like you talk. Pretend like you're you're talking. So treat your writing as a form of sort of a of transcription of your thoughts and of that voice that's running through your head. And so just write, you know, whatever comes to mind. I wrote a blog post on LinkedIn about this recently, a couple of weeks ago, and I called it how to find your writing voice. Listen to the words on the page. And that one really resonated with a lot of people because they could relate to it. They, you know, it's it's how I write. And I think it's how, you know, if you read the comments to that post, apparently it's how a lot of people write. One of my guests on my podcast said, if you can speak, you can write. And this guest wrote a book all about writing. She wrote this massive book uh, last year, about how to write just about anything. And um, I think that's just sounds like very simple advice, but it's very powerful, very useful advice. So don't get caught up with, you know, the style, the, the vocabulary, or even, even the message. Just, you know, what's running through your head, what comes to mind about the topic that you're trying to write about, and just get that down on the page. I agree. Although I, I have two questions here. As, as you were saying this, I was thinking to myself, First, sometimes I try to write and I and I want to include things that I think are funny, but then I go back and I look at it and I'm like, I'm I'm not sure if anyone else would find that funny or if I'm just being kind of silly. Uh, do you have <laughs> do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah, you know, look, that happens to me all the time. So I, <laughs> you know, and I leave that I'm leaving that point to number six, which is Ooh, which is okay. editing. So before we get even <laughs> so before before we get to that, you know. It's okay to edit. It's okay to cut stuff. It's okay to change stuff, but do that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I write a lot of stuff, and it sort of never sees the light of day, because you know, it to me, I thought it was kind of clever. I thought it might make me sound smart, and and then when I look at it again, I I I, I sit on it for a couple of days or even weeks, and I come back to it and I look at it, and I'm like, you know, nobody. I don't think anyone's going to really like this, and I don't publish it. But you know, that that's fine. But don't edit 
immediately. Just write stuff, write, put it down on, on the page. And, you know, you may come back to it later and you may actually decide that it does fit and you, you do want to publish it. And I do a lot of that too. Sometimes I sit on things for a while and then I finally get the guts up, guts to, you know, to publish it or, or it really fits the topic mm. that I'm writing about, you know, the blog post that I'm writing about at that moment. And uh, so I don't, I try not to delete anything. I'm sort of a hoarder of words. I collect mm. all my words in my various folders on Evernote or, or wherever I, you know, store my stuff. And I try not to delete stuff. So I got a whole bunch of, you know, unfinished drafts, which, you know, I wish I can publish more of that stuff. But anyway, don't, don't edit initially. So just, just write, you know, get the words down on the page first. That's, yeah, that's, that's really important. That's something I struggle with personally. There's, um, even today I was writing a blog post and I, and I got, I, I'd say I'd got it to 90%, but then there was this little voice in my head that was like, is this really good enough for you to publish? Is this, is this really finished? Like, are you saying this as well as you could? Maybe you should spend more time thinking about this. And, and I just pushed through and I published it and, and I'm, I'm happy with it. But at the same time, I know there's going to be things that I write about that I don't ever publish but I feel like, and, and maybe you can tell me if you agree with this, I feel like the act of writing, even if you don't end up using those words, is still valuable. It's, you're, still, you're still practicing. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You should not just uh, you know, delete. You should definitely just write. You can learn a lot just through the process, like you said, of getting your thoughts down on the page, you know, shaping them. And just, it's, it's also just feels good. You know, it's cathartic. It feels mm. good to get that stuff out of your head and on the page. And sometimes you learn a lot about yourself or, you know, sort of what's going on in your head. Uh, some of these ideas that are sort of floating in your head and maybe driving you crazy, if you get it down on the page, it sort of makes you feel better. And you don't always have to share that with the rest of the world. But, but you know, don't be scared to do that. And I think that would be another piece of advice, which I don't think is in my outline, but I think it's really, really important is that you just have to have that the guts to, you know, not look at, not try to be a perfectionist, not try to get to perfect, but try to get to, I don't know if it's Sean uh, McCabe has said, you know, get to 90%. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't worry about trying to get everything to 100% because it's, you know, it's, it's going to hold you back from, from p- putting your ideas, putting yourself out there. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I feel like we could do a whole episode on that, but yeah. let's, uh, you want to go ahead and move on to number three? Yeah, sure. Um, so for three, I had, I'm writing these down I, in a notebook right now. Great, great. So for three, I had pick a very focused topic, whatever you're writing, whether it be show notes to a podcast, it could be a blog post. And I do a lot of that it could be a chapter of your first ebook that you're going to publish on Amazon. You know, you need to have a very clear focus, a uh, clearly focused topic um, and then your entire, the piece of writing that you're doing, it could be a blog post, should support or relate to that topic, obviously, in, in some way. Um, or if you're writing a book, each chapter of your book should have its own focus. And then collectively, each of those chapters should be, you know, sort of support the, the overall topic or, or theme that you're writing for your book. So, and, and this is important, you know, this will really help you get your writing done. So for think of a blog post as say, you know, it could be 600 words, 800 words or whatever, a thousand words, but just have that focus in mind. What is your, the main point? What's the main message of that mm-hmm. blog post? And then just everything flows from there. And if it doesn't, then cut it. And so I do that a lot. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll think of a topic 
and I write a bunch of paragraphs and then I look back at it and I'm like, that paragraph sounds good, but it doesn't really, it's not exactly directly related. <laughs> it doesn't support the topic that I'm talking about. And I cut it and it feels kind of bad initially. I think, oh my gosh, that that's such a nice paragraph. It, it reads really well. But if it does not relate to the topic that you're you're writing about, then you can cut it. And again, I try to save it. Maybe I can use it somewhere else, but just try to be focused. And that is going to lead to, you know, a really good headline uh, because headlines, as you know, are really, really important, whether it be for a blog post or for podcast show notes uh, or, you know, the chapter of a book, you know, writing a great headline is important, but that headline has to have a really focused message. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, jot down an outline. So jot down a few sentences or a very simple or skeletal outline of what you want to write about. Put the bones down on the page before you start adding some meat, you know, the content. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the first sentence or two should be, could be what the blog post is about or the chapter of your, your, your book is about. And then, you know, if you want to list out a few of the key points, the few key uh, sub points, then, then do that and just get that down on the page first before you start you know, laboring over each paragraph and each sentence. Just make sure you get an outline down the page because that gives you your, your blueprint for, for your writing. That, that gives you your directions for where you want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that, I think that kind of ties in with the previous tip, which is, you know, choosing a specific topic. So you choose a topic, you know, for your episode, which hopefully relates to the general topic of your podcast, the point of your podcast, but then choosing headlines or writing an outline around that topic. This is where mind mapping has been a game changer for me. I tell everybody, I, I feel like almost every single week that writing outlines and mind mapping has made writing not just for podcast episodes, but just in general, so much easier for me. Because I used to do the thing where you have an idea and then you just start writing about it. I don't even think I would use headers. I would just start pouring thoughts out. And eventually I would get lost because I didn't have an, an outline for me is almost like a map. It's like, where, where are you, what kind of journey are you taking the reader on? Writing outlines has really been a game changer for me. So absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to be stuck on it. Um, you know, I, I look at my writing as a puzzle and that's sort of one of the fun aspects of it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll put an outline down on the page. I try to fill the, that in with words, with paragraphs. And then I look at it. And I'm like, you know, how does this flow? And if something doesn't mm. flow, doesn't fit, I'll move it. I'll push it down or move it up or I'll delete mm. it. And I like to move those pieces around until they all sort of fit together like a puzzle. And that's that's why I really like mind mapping so much because you literally have these these stems, these bubbles that you can just like move up and move down left and right. But you know, you can do that in a in a paragraph, in a text editor, for example. Yeah, we're getting really conceptual here, but uh, anyway, it's good. It's, it's, it's how we think about it, about writing. It's how I think about it. So yeah, uh, so after the outline, I don't know, should I keep going? Yeah, yeah, number five. Yeah, number five, tell a story. So, you know, storytelling seems to be all the rage these days, and I think that's for a really, really good reason. Uh, it's because we all love stories. You know, we all relate mm -hmm. to stories. And so many of the writers that I've spoken to on my podcast have told me how they believe story is wired into our DNA. And I think that's true. 
and it's great to listen to them, you know, how they tell their stories. And that's sort of, I always try to drill them on, you know, with questions on how they do what they do on their craft of storytelling. And, you know, we all want to see how a hero overcomes a tough challenge and what happens next and how they grow from that and, and learn from that. And that all sounds like the elements of fiction. And that's mm-hmm. how novelists write. And I do interview a bunch of, I do interview novelists on my podcast, but I believe, and my podcast guests agree with me that the same elements of storytelling apply to writing nonfiction, like in a blog post, which is what I write, or nonfiction books, which I'm trying to write, essays, reports, and I would even argue show notes for a podcast. So mm. uh, those elements of, of storytelling, I think, do apply. So for example, I start most of my blog posts off with a personal story of when I was a kid or you know when I was a teenager or in my 20s, it's a long time ago, or, or even something that happened recently. And then I try to relate the topic to something that happened to me, the topic that I'm writing about that happened to me personally. Uh, you know, it could be a challenge I faced. Uh, and then I describe how I dealt with it and what I learned. And so I'm gonna, just going to give you a quick example of what I mean by that and how I do that. Awesome. So, for, ex- for example, my latest post on LinkedIn, uh, which I published last week, was about self-driving cars uh, hmm. or driverless cars. And I started that one off with a story of how my mom forced my brother and me into a defensive driving course. This is when we were teenagers. I was 15. My brother was 13. This is even before we could drive. So she stuck us in this defensive driving course with a bunch of other teenagers who, you know, had gotten driving violations because, you know, they were speeding or drunk, you know, drinking while they were driving or whatever. And so she wanted to scare us so that she can make us better drivers and also teach us, you know, (laughs) give us some proper instruction on how to drive defensively, how to drive well. And so anyway, I I followed that story up with the news of Google's self-driving car, which just got sort of preliminary approval from the, I think it's the National Transportation Safety Administration. Basically, they declared that they agreed with Google that the the driverless car counts as a driver. (laughs) So (laughs) they've been given some preliminary regulatory approval, but that was sort of the point of the podcast. But the other point, not sorry, the point of the blog post, but the other point of my post was to share that experience I had, uh, you know, learning how to drive well and the reason why, and that was at a, at a time when uh, there was a lot of dr- there were a lot of drunk driving accidents. It was an ec- an epidemic of drunk driving accidents. Recently, mm. as you know, texting and driving has become yes. a very very serious problem. So that was actually one of the main you know the themes of of that blog post. So I, I'm my point is, and you can read that on LinkedIn if you check out my my post on LinkedIn. But the point, There'll be a, a link in the show notes, actually, at thepodcastdo.com slash 38. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading it right now. I'm not actually reading it. I'm skimming it. Yeah, no, I'd appreciate following it. following along. And, you know, <laughs> my, my point is, and if you look at my other posts there and on my blog, that you'll see that I, I like to, I don't always, but I often start off my my posts with a, with a personal story. And you don't always have to get personal. You don't always have to talk about yourself. It could be a story about someone else, a story about your, let's say you're a podcaster. It could be a story about your guest or some other story. But the point is, you know, it just brings the topic down to earth for the reader and it allows the reader to relate to whatever you're writing. I love that. And I'm actually, I'm a big fan of bringing in personal stories because I, I like getting to know people, especially people who, who make things that I like 
I, I find it hard to connect with people who don't ever share any personal information. And obviously there's a line you got to watch there, but this, this, and honestly, I got to stop saying that. And also <laughs> I went and read another, a blog post on your website. It was, um, the advice that you would give to your 22 year old self, I think. Yes. And, and that was great because you, you wrote it almost like, I don't know how to describe how you wrote it, but it was almost like a back and forth between two people, you know, your older self and your younger self. And it was just so, it was so engaging. And I, and I feel like I got to know you better as a person because of that. And I, that's, that's how I like to do it. And I would like to start doing more of that in a, in a similar way, like you did with this self-driving car article. I would like to start telling stories and then relating the topic of the episode or the topic of the blog post to that story and kind of tying those things together. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That post was right. Uh, advice for 22 year old me. And it was the first time I've ever written something like something like fiction because it was based on sort of a, you know, real experience, but it was also, and it was all real, you know, lessons that I've learned over the years, but it was a sort of, it was fictional. It was a fictional dialogue between me when I was 22 years old and uh, some guy that I called the turtle man that I met on the beach and it's, it's fictionalized. But, you know, the, the message is real and it comes from, you know, my experience uh, since then. I've learned a few things, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great things have happened. I've also learned a few, you know, hard lessons along the way as I, I've grown up and uh, continue to grow up. So anyway, thanks for that, for calling that post out. That's also on my, it's on my blog. It's also on LinkedIn. But um, that's just an, another example of how I, you know, try to, you know, talk, talk about myself uh, you know, I try to be not entirely, you know, focused on on just me, but try to draw some lessons that I that I share with with other people who are reading. And honestly, those posts that are somewhat personal in nature seem to resonate the most with uh, with people. Yeah, like you said, people love stories. We we love stories. Can't get enough of them. Yeah, and there's and you, 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 it's. They're all over the place. I mean, first of all, we have yeah. our own stories. We are our own life story, and that's what I tap into. But then, you know, with my podcast, I get to talk to amazing writers, and they each have their own story of how they became a writer. You know, a lot of them were had nine-to-five jobs, and through their own overlap technique, uh, they, you know, eventually shifted from their nine-to-five job and finally left it and became full-time writers. And that's a story, a theme that I like to cover in my podcast. Even though I don't always make it explicit, it's actually one of the themes that I like to talk about, you know, with my guests. And uh, and then they have their own stories that they write about, of course, whether it be fiction or nonfiction. So you can see stories everywhere. Yeah. And, I, and I'm excited for the next episode. You're going to tell, you're going to tell me in the audience how to turn a podcast interview into a story. I'm going to learn a lot from that. Yeah, that's that's a great topic. I look forward to uh, covering that. So let's save that a little bit for later for the next one. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And, and so the title of this episode was your top five writing tips. And those five writing tips were fantastic, but you've got some bonus ones here. Oh, yeah. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay, keep, keep going. So I'll allow um, it. Yeah, so I think so number six would be edit, edit, edit. Actually, originally, to be honest, the the headline for this section was I had was edit like a maniac. Um, and what I mean by that is just, um, you know, this is where your logical analytical brain kicks in. You know, you need to take 
what I consider a really microscopic look at each sentence and word on the page, on your punctuation, and read through your writing over and over again in your mind or out loud if you want. Although I don't do that, I just read it in my mind to see if Mm -hmm. it all fits together logically. And if you are delivering your message clearly, which is really critically important. And of course, if it's all grammatical. Now, if you're not so, if your grammar or your punctuation or your word usage, your vocabulary is not that strong, and that's understandable. And I know for a lot of people, it's a challenge. Or if you're not a native writer of English, and I know, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, listeners to my podcast are not native writers of English, then ask a friend or family member uh, to take a look at your writing and to offer some feedback, some honest feedback. And if if you really need to, hire a freelancer, you know, on one of the freelancing websites to help you do some copy editing. There are a lot of people out there who are very capable copy editors, and I don't think they charge that much. Um, of course, you want to shop around and find a good good price for that. But my point is that you really need to edit your work until you feel comfortable publishing it. And of course, ideally, you should feel proud of it. Um, but this is, should really come near the end or at the this is sort of the final stage of your of your writing which is which is editing and editing is really really critical i mean a lot of writers a lot of people say that writing is rewriting you know writing is editing and i believe that's true but before you get to that point you know don't do all the other stuff that i mentioned earlier get the words on the page tell your story put yourself on the page and then you know take the time to edit really carefully and you know some people are good good at editing and spend a, you know, invest a lot of time in it. And some, some don't. So my recommendation is just spend that extra few minutes or hours to edit your work. I, I agree. Something, something that I've started doing recently is separating the writing from the editing. And I used to be, I, I, I'll be honest, I edited a lot while I was writing, I would write a sentence. I'd stop. I'd really think about how I, the, like the, I had to get it perfect. Like I had to get it perfect the first time. Couldn't make any spelling mistakes. Couldn't make any punctuation or grammar errors. I just had to get it all right. And I've been listening to a, uh, an audio book. Some guys wrote an, a great book for people interested in indie publishing called, what is it? Write, publish, repeat. Uh, and it's been a fantastic book so far, but something they said is they try to write their first draft just as fast as they can. They, they push themselves. They just try to bang out a ton of words. And I think that's something you should do after you have an outline so you're not just writing a bunch of gibberish on the page, of course. But I've started doing that and then going back and doing the editing later. And I think what you said earlier, editing is like rewriting. Is that right? That's right. Uh, that's right. So, so I would really encourage people to not, not hold yourself to back too much, not try to make it perfect. The very first time you sit down and and write a blog post, it's just not going to happen. Or if it does, it'll slow you down, and you'll you might end up getting frustrated. Yeah, exactly. And the the analogy, you know, I, I don't think um, anyone any one of my guests have mentioned this, but one analogy I would draw is is coding. <laughs> so when I was a kid, uh, I taught myself how to program, and you could you could tell how old I am when I tell you that my first computer was an Apple II Plus. Yes. Yeah, that was the computer that first made Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak uh, rich and famous. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, and I've written about that on LinkedIn. You can read about that. But my point is that um, with coding, you know, a program never works the first time around. 
And mm. like, I'm not a coder now. I'm not a professional coder at all. That's not what I do. So, you know, all you coders out there who are listening to me might think I sound kind of ridiculous talking about coding. But I do know, I do know for a fact that you cannot, you know, a program, an application does not run correctly first time around. So just, you know, similarly with writing, it's not going to run. It's not going to work the first time around, you know. So just get get the first lines of code, <laughs> your first, you know, sentences on the page, and then just, you know, debug the thing. And sorry to extend the analogy here, but that's how, you know, how you could think about it. I like it, man. That That's good. I, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's do number seven. Okay. It's the bonus round now. Um, <laughs> okay. So be consistent. So, you know, if it's not perfect, that's okay. And that's what I've been talking about already. So just keep trying and never give up. Mm. And so, you know, this is about being consistent. And one thing I see a lot of bloggers do and other writers do is, you know, they'll write a post here, write one there, maybe five or 10, or maybe they'll, they'll go on for a few months or maybe even a year or so, but then peter out they'll give up mm-hmm. and so i think you really need to take advice that i've heard sean mccabe uh, offer many times which is absolutely true which is that you need to show up and create yeah. content for at least two years before you see you know the kind of results that you you may you know be hoping for and if you see something happen i'm just paraphrasing sean but if you see something happen before that time if you see some results or impact before then then as he says, you know, consider it a bonus. And you will. I think it doesn't have to take as long as two years. But the point is, I think his message is entirely right, which is that you have to look at it as sort of a long-term play. And it's not just something you do whenever you feel like it. Although, you know, it, it's easier to to write when you feel like it, when you're in the mood, when you're inspired. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you stop every time you get bored or you feel uninspired or you run out of ideas... It's a shame because it's a loss of all that investment of time and energy that you put in earlier to get to where you are. And then it's a loss of opportunity, missed opportunity. You know, if you were to continue to, to publish consistently, and of course, you know, you want to work hard to sort of get your work, you know, to share your work, your writing wi- as widely as possible. Mm-hmm. You want readers to write, to read your writing, but, you know, if you don't see the kind of traction, the kind of results that you are expecting or hoping for immediately, don't give up. And so that was one thing that, you know, a piece of the best piece of advice I, I was given two years ago was, Glenn, just write a post, publish a post every week, just one a week. And if you could do that, no matter how you feel, whether you're sick or what, you know, just do it. And so I, I for some reason, that just drilled into my brain. I took that advice and here I am almost two years later, I really feel that need to publish something once a week. I wish I could publish more, but, you know, I have a mm. full-time job. I've got kids to take care of. But yeah. I try to get that post out every week. It's, a, it's you know, I'm not as disciplined in other areas of my life, to be honest, and I won't go into detail. But this is one area where I feel sort of I've, I've maintained a two-year discipline and I'm seeing tremendous results. You know, um, LinkedIn called me out and recognized me as a top voice. And I really felt, you know, appreciated by that. And then, you know, a lot of people have reached out to me over the you know, past couple of years and continue to connect with me and, you know, ask me questions. And, you know, I try to be helpful. And uh, I've also become a part of the Sean West community, which has been fantastic. And 
I've been learning a lot from the community members here and from, from you and from Sean and Ben. So, you know, and this is honestly, it's all, it all started with writing. And again, I'm paraphrasing, um, quoting Sean. Uh, he likes to say thing, you know, everything starts with writing. He's absolutely, absolutely right about that. So start writing and don't stop. Don't give up. Be consistent. Yeah. And that, and that's, that applies to podcasting too. You know, it's only been, yeah. what has it been for me? Six months, eight months, 30, 38 episodes. Yeah. And I've become a, I've become a better writer. I've become a better podcaster. I've made a ton of new friends. There's so many benefits and I won't go on and on, but it, it starts with that commitment to just do something every week. There, there have been weeks where I don't feel like what I'm putting out is as good as it could be or as good as it should be. But I, I take comfort in the fact that I showed up and I worked at it and I gave it the best I had that week. And I get a little bit better every time. Every time I see something like, okay, I can do that a little bit better next time. And I just continue improving and my audience keeps growing. And, and now whenever someone comes and, and comes across me on Twitter or finds an episode, I've got a bunch of other episodes for them to go check out. You know, if I had, I don't know, it's, I don't think I could have gotten, what's the word? Um, I couldn't have achieved like breakout success. I couldn't have gone viral on like my third episode. And even if I had, there wouldn't have been anywhere else for any, anywhere else for the people to go. It's like, okay, cool. This guy did a podcast episode, but what else does he have? Well, he's, he's got like two other episodes, but if, if you, if you show up every week, if you work consistently and you put out a bunch of stuff, then whenever you do start gaining a large audience, there's all this, this backlog, all this other work they can go check out. Absolutely. And no, I know exactly what you're saying. First of all, you're, you've been tremendously consistent. And I mean, you started off, you know, out of the gate, you know, when you just started your podcast, uh, you were already really, really good, but you know, you've, you're definitely getting better each time. And, you know, for me, I started last, my podcast last April and, you know, I'm always learning something new, but one thing that I am trying to do is I'm trying to just continue. I'm trying to be consistent and, you know, it can be tough. Sometimes I have other priorities, you know, my work mm -hmm. and my family, but, uh, and then building up that archive, right. That, that backlog of, of content, uh, is really, really valuable. And I've noticed that whenever I publish a new episode, I try to see, you know, how many people are actually downloading the new episode versus the archived episodes. And, you know, it's, it's quite a balance. A lot of people are digging in way back into earlier episodes. And for some reason they like that headline. You know, they like the topic mm -hmm. of that episode and they'll, they'll click on, they're obviously downloading that one and listening to that. So it's really funny, you know, some of, I think the strength of the headline of, you know, for a podcast episode is yeah. really, you know, that's really, really important. I think people look at that as, you know, that's their window into the content. And, uh, you know, some of my earlier episodes are my quote, my best sellers, you know, are my most downloaded episodes. That's yeah, that's fantastic. And I actually did a podcast episode about titles because I'm, I'm passionate about getting the titles, right? Yeah. I, I see a um, man, Glenn, it, it makes me angry. So many people, they just, they, it seems like they're not even thinking about their audience members looking at the title of this episode. And it, it's really kind of a sell you, right? You're, you're, you're yes. pitching someone and, and saying, Hey, here's why you should listen to this episode. This episode is for you. I, I made this for you. And um, yeah. Episode 14, the podcastdo.com slash 14 is how to write episode titles that attract new listeners. So 
if you guys haven't heard that, go check that out. Yeah, and absolutely fantastic advice. And the other advice that you gave on your latest, one of your latest episodes is that, you know, when you start off the podcast, give an indication, tell people what to expect up front. So that's that's fantastic advice, and you, you got to do that. And uh, yeah, there's look, there, you've got tons of great advice on your podcast. And you know, anytime anyone asks me about, you know, what should I, what kind of equipment should I get, or you know, what do I do about sound or whatever, I just point them to to your website. Oh, this guy over here already answered those questions. <laughs> that's that's fantastic, though. Thank you so much. Well, those are some fantastic tips, Glenn. Uh, I want to do a quick recap before we we close the show up. So. Going back over the seven tips, number one, write to an audience of one. Number two, write like you talk. Number three, pick a very focused topic. Number four, write outlines. Number five, tell a story. Number six, edit, 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 edit like a maniac. I feel like there's a song there. And number seven, be consistent. Perfect. You got it. You nailed it. So Glenn, I know I know you're short on time, so so we got to wrap this up. I'm I'm having you back next week, so uh, don't don't go too far. But where can uh, where p- can people go to find you online? Yeah, so um, my podcast is at writewithimpact.com. That's writewithimpact.com, and I hope you can sign up for my my newsletter so you can get updates uh, for my latest episodes and blog posts. I put some of my blog posts in there. And also, I recommend uh, books on writing and other resources for writers. And I'm also on LinkedIn, and I really encourage everyone to connect directly with me there. Uh, And that's writewithimpact.com slash LinkedIn. And I'll gladly accept any connection request for anyone from the Sean West community or anyone listening to this show. So don't just follow me. Connect with me directly. I'd really like to uh, get to know you. And I'm also on Twitter at Glenn Leibowitz. That's G-L-E-N-N. L-E-I-B-O-W-I-T-Z. Awesome. Well, man, I'm, I'm so excited about next week. Me too. All right, let's get, into the, let's get into the outro. I got a couple of questions here. There were quite a few, but I know, I think you've really only got time for about two, I think. Yeah. I but can, we'll save them. Maybe we can get them next I week. I could take a few, a few. Yeah, I got about 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Sure. Fantastic. So was, was that your first live episode, man? It was. <laughs> wow. Oh, you know what else? I forgot to tell people where they could find me. Oh. I'm off my game today, Glenn. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know if you know, Glenn, but I, I do what I want. So if intros go later in the show, if post shows get moved to pre-shows, it's it's my show. So I, I just do it. So and, and you talked to, you talked in a little bit in the show about the Sean West community. I talk about the Sean West community every week. 
that's that's actually the the first time I heard about you was in the Sean West community, and I'm super glad you showed up and you joined, and and it's been great having you in there. Uh, thanks a so, lot. That's it's an amazing community. Love it. It really is. So people should go to the seanwest.com slash community. Go sign up. Go check that out. Definitely. And then, of course, if anyone wants to find me, I'm on Twitter at the podcast dude. You can send me email, Aaron at the podcast dude.com. Glenn, we got some questions here. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Levi Allen asked, what are the top books slash blogs you recommend for growing as a writer and gaining a technical understanding of how to improve with blog style communication? I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I have two books that that I recommend everyone read if they want to become mm. a writer. And this applies for any to any kind of writing, honestly, uh, blog writing. And I know you're asking specifically about blog writing, but blog eh. writing and, and other stuff. But anyway, they're general two, writing. Yeah. Two, so two of them. One is um, on writing well, and that is by William Zinzer on writing well. And it's a bestseller. It's been around for about 30-some years, and sadly, the author, William Zinser, just passed away last year, but uh, I read it about 12 years ago, and it really transformed my writing. It made me a better writer, and I wrote a post or two on LinkedIn about it, and I had hundreds of comments, hundreds of people saying you know, they agreed with me that they thought that was just one of their favorite you know, writing books of all time. So if you haven't read that, you really should should read that, and that should be that's definitely on on Amazon. The other one, which which is really good, is uh, Stephen King's On Writing, and it's it's actually a mix of a it's a memoir, a story of his life and how he became, you know, all the hardships he overcame during his life, how he became such a successful writer. But the other half of the book is how he writes and his advice for writers. And so the book is, has nothing to do with horror. You know, there's no gore in it, nothing like that. But it's all about him and, and his advice on writing. And again, a lot of writers that I know uh, love that book by Stephen King. And look, there's so many other good books out there. And uh, if you go to my website, writewithimpact.com, you'll see, you know, every time I've interviewed a lot of authors of books on writing. So you'll see lots of books on writing on that website, but you know, these are two books that you can't go wrong with. Mm. And then in terms of, in terms, in terms of websites, I think Joanna Penn is really good. And Jeff Goins, I would suggest as, as, you know, two good, excellent bloggers, excellent writers, Jeff Goins and Joanna Penn. And I interviewed both of them. Uh, also Monica Leonel, Monica Leonel, is is excellent. And I, I interviewed her twice, and then finally Chris Fox. Chris Fox is uh, another fantastic writer, and he's been writing some great books on the craft of writing. And I'm going to be interviewing him uh, very soon again. An excellent writer. So Jeff Goins, Joanna Penn, Monica Leonel, and Chris Fox, and there's so many others. Just check out my mm-hmm. podcast, and you'll get to hear these amazing people talk about writing. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just going to say, just go to writewithimpact.com. That has everything you need. You don't exactly. have to go just, anywhere else. Just like if you have any questions about podcasting, just go to the exactly. podcast. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I, got, I had a couple of thoughts here, and I'm going to chime in with a book that I really like first. Yeah. Uh, a book I am almost done with reading called Write, Publish, Repeat, The No Luck, Re- no Luck Required Guide to Self-Publishing Success. That's a good one. And I've read that. 
Mm-hmm. You've re- yeah, I, I like it. It's the audiobook is fantastic, very entertaining. Um, I, 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 I kind of wish I could have. Um, uh, is it Australian or I think possibly English? Posh English, the guy who reads it. Anyways, it's a great book about you know writing and being a, a self publishing author. But I found that a lot of the advice works really, really well for podcasters too. I was listening to it and I was like, oh, there's an, that's a, something I could talk about on my show. I got so many ideas from it. It's it's chock full of good advice. So, and I'll include links to all these in the in the show notes, of course, podcastdo.com slash thirty eight. And I will say on writing well, both on writing well and on writing, I have read on writing before. I'm a I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, fun fact: I think there are only three of his books that I have not read. Wow! So I have read nearly his entire um, what do you call it bibliography? And he he's written right? a lot. He has written a lot, and I have read a lot. I, wow. I big. He's he's one of my favorite authors. And then I I have on writing well, but I'm only about sixty percent of the way through because I started reading it right at the point where I was transitioning from web design uh, into other things. You know, I, I, people people that know my backstory, I won't go into it again. But a couple years ago, I got really really busy, and I didn't do a lot of reading for a while. So, but I'm going to pick it up. It's right here on my bookshelf. It's a great book. Definitely. Whew. Okay. <laughs> Got through that. All right. So final final question, then we're gonna we're gonna bounce so you can get to work. Scotty Russell asked, how do you balance injecting value and sharing your life experiences, but making your audience the hero yet establishing credibility? So I, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but he's asking, how do you how do you balance talking about yourself? but also making your audience feel like, you know, you're doing something for them. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And honestly, I always try to think about that every time I write, say, a blog post, because that's what I, you know, I spend a lot of my time doing. You know, I don't just want to do what I call, I call them navel gazers, (laughs) you know, posts Mm. where you're just talking about myself and how, you know, what an interesting life I had. And I I try to avoid (laughs) that, but I also try to, you know, include myself in the story, as I just mentioned, if I if it's relevant, but then I try to draw some list lessons, you know, from what I've learned, either from myself, my own experience, or from someone else. It could be you know a book I read, or um, you know a podcast I listened to, or you know, someone I interviewed on my podcast, and uh, and try to always orient it towards the reader. So if you look at my headlines, sometimes sometimes I'll write, you know what I learned, something, I'll have the word I in it, but most of the time I'll have the word you in it. So I'm always trying to think about, you know, the reader, you know, what is going to be valuable to the reader. And, you know, it could be a listicle style of, of, uh, you know, takeaways, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the six things or eight things or whatever that you can, you know, that I learned or that you can, that you need to do. I turn it around. Instead of saying the things that I learned, I'll turn it around and say, here are the eight things you can consider you should do if you want to become, say, a better writer on LinkedIn, for example. And so I always try to turn it around and orient it towards the reader as much as possible and offer some sort of, of advice. And and then I'm always pretty harsh on myself. I try to think, you know, am, is what I'm saying really novel, innovative? Is it different? You know, because everyone's writing about a lot of the same topics and there's a mm-hmm. lot of similar advice out there. And that's where I believe you can differentiate yourself is when you inject yourself into it. So everyone is different. Mm-hmm. 
I believe that. I think it's true. And then we all have totally different experiences, life experiences, professional experiences. And that's why I bring myself into it, you know. But then I, at some point, I sort of, you know, I pull back and I draw the, the general sort of universal lessons from that and share that in, in, in with, with the reader. So I don't know if that answers the question, maybe a contorted way to answer it. But <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense. And, and I like that. And I, I think it, it does start with keeping your audience in mind, just, just coming, starting from a place of wanting to give them something. And then it's a matter of this is, this is what I would tell you because of the, this is my experience. This is what, what I've learned. But I was, I was wondering um, just real quick before we go, do you ever struggle with thinking like, or, or qualifying what you're saying with, this is just what worked for me. I'm, I don't know if it's going to work for you guys. But do you ever have a hard time with that? Because I, I find myself struggling with that sometimes. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell people like what I did and how this worked for me. But I always feel that urge to kind of say, this isn't necessarily the best way. This is just what worked for me. Do you ever, do you ever struggle with that? Yeah, of course, all the time. So every time, every time. And that's why I've got my, my list of drafts in Evernote with really awesome <laughs> headlines but unfinished blog posts is incredibly long and getting longer because I don't feel the mm. confidence enough you know, to sort of get to sort of finish it and put it out there because I always think, always have this doubt that you know it's not going to appeal to more than you know like fifteen or twenty of my followers on LinkedIn. And I'm always I'm usually proven wrong. <laughs> you know, if you look at my stuff on LinkedIn, it's actually done very well, and it's it's because I've just taken that leap. You know, I've just sort of mustered the confidence to just say, you know what, the heck with it. You know, mm. even if like, you know, two or 300 or a hundred people, you know, view it and I get 10 or 15 likes, that's good enough for me. And just hit publish, get it out there, see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then try to use that as an, a, you know, learning experience. But, you know, in general, I've actually had, you know, very good, good response. And we'll talk about LinkedIn, you know, later, I think in a, a separate episode, uh, and I want to talk about that and why why I'm on LinkedIn. And let's not we don't have to go into that right now. But you know, even if you're not on LinkedIn, let's say you're on Medium or you have your own self-hosted blog or whatever, just get it out there. You know, and don't yep. worry about the metrics, about the numbers. Look, it, the the numbers feel really, really good, uh, especially when you know things go viral, <laughs> like my last post last week. But you know, don't worry about that. Just you know, get it down on the page, hit publish see the reaction and you can always delete it. <laughs> right. But I don't suggest you do that, but you know, you know, there are always other, there are always options. You can edit it, you could delete it or, or whatnot, but uh, just get it out there. Right. Uh, do you want to take this question real quick for, where did it go? Uh, for Joseph? Yes. How do you avoid sounding like cheap clickbait? Like maybe titles. You know, I think you just, you know, yeah, you definitely don't want to use clickbait. Clickbait is bad. What that means is that you write a headline, you promise something that you can't deliver, and you do not want to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> so you just just be honest and be clear with the headline. Yeah. The headline just has to sort of, you know, summarize. And it's hard. You know, you have to maybe you have to come up with a few variations of the headline. You know, I, I come up with a list of headlines before I... I, I finally land on one and sometimes I ask my kids which one <laughs> which one they they prefer and sometimes they get it right it's very funny but uh, <laughs> no definitely be honest you know deliver on the headline don't don't lie, you know don't mislead anybody and I'm sure you know no one in in the community here would do that but 
I've seen that on some of the major, you know, some of those big websites, and it's really annoying. Mm. So, and I think a lot of people, I think, are especially if they're maybe if they're a little bit newer to writing and publishing online, they they feel dirty if they do if they do any kind of list article like, you know, the seven the seven things every podcaster should know. Yeah. That, that that's a good point. Let me let me. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. The LinkedIn editors, I know for a fact, don't like that anymore. Hmm. Because everybody did it for a while. Yeah. They <laughs> and a lot of people haven't figured that out. And 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 it's 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 you know you can use I I don't do that. Um. And you'll see a lot of the people who write there. Fewer and fewer people use listicles. Mm-hmm. Now listicles are fun they're all over the place and they could be useful you know it's a useful guide but the reality is that they are overused mm-hmm. and if you look at linkedin i know for a fact i know the editors don't like listicles and um because they it makes them you know your posts look you know like you're writing for buzzfeed or something like that and there's nothing wrong with buzzfeed <laughs> but you know what i mean i was actually looking at buzzfeed right now because i wanted to see some examples uh, <laughs> some examples of uh, so, look. You gotta admit, some of those headlines are really funny. I mean, they're they're good. You gotta you gotta give them some credit. Well, no, yeah. I mean, the very first one on the page right now is people are freaking out over how hot Sam Hunt is, and I don't know how who Sam Hunt is, but that's a kind of a funny headline. Um, but then there's some then there's some other kind of ones like 14 things Taylor Swift looked like at the Grammys, and I'm like, uh, whatever. So, yeah, I, I think it comes back to, yeah, don't don't promise and then don't okay glenn you want to take it for me (laughs) yeah no i i I think right it's better to be what i say is it's better to be clear than clever so some of my some of my headlines i start off i try to be kind of clever i think oh that sounds really clever it sounds funny or interesting but actually before i i hit publish i just think what do i really want to say you know what am i trying to say in this in this post and you know does my headline reflect that? That's all. Just try to be truthful. And then obviously, you know, you want to say it in an interesting way mm. so that people will 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 want to click on your post, but uh, you know, don't lie, don't mislead. So awesome. Well, that's fantastic advice. All right, buddy. It's time for you to go, I think. Thank you so much, man. Great. Where's the where's the live jam session? Where's Sean, Ben? Uh, Come on, guys. What's, what's gonna I can I can um just, I can actually play. <laughs> Do you kidding. want to have some karaoke? I can play a track. Oh, I've got Spotify. No, no, thanks. No, thanks. Okay, maybe yeah. later. <laughs> no, thanks a lot, everyone. Really, really appreciate the positive feedback and for listening. And I'll see you next time. Definitely look forward to our the the next time we talk next week. Next two episodes, man. It's gonna be great. Can't believe that's great. Thanks. All right. Well, I'll see you then, listeners. Thank you guys for hanging out, and listening. We'll see you next week. Thank. Oh, great. thank you, Glenn Leibowitz. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Aaron Dowd. <laughs>